Welcome to the Advisor Talk podcast channel. This is Nick Stewart, CEO and Financial Advisor at Stewart Group. If you're new to the show, Stewart Group is a CFEX certified financial planning and advisory firm serving clients throughout New Zealand with offices in Hawke's Bay and Wellington. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge. Bruce, how are you going? Going well. My yep. pleasure to have Bruce in from the Stewart Group from right here in Hastings. Now, today we're going to talk about something which will probably come to us all at one stage or another or will be affected by it. It's power of attorney. But before we get there, just remind our listeners uh, what the Stewart Group is all about. Well, Stewart Group's been around for over 35 years. We're still in town. Mm-hmm. And what we provide is financial planning advice, which includes estate planning as well, yep. which is where Enduring Power of Attorneys comes into it. Along with investments. Now, when we talk about power of attorney, we think about wills. Is that the case? I look at it this way. Um, You you go through life, you die, your Mm -hmm. will takes effect when you die. But prior to dying, sometimes you want somebody to look after things. Sometimes you end up in a situation irrespective of age or health where you might take a bump to the head and you can no longer manage your affairs or say where and how you're looked after. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you don't have those in place, you don't know who's going to step up. You go through a court process, which is expensive in time and money. Yep. Whereas you can say who you want, how you want, pay the money. It can sit there forever and a day and hopefully not be used. And mm. that's called the enduring powers of attorney for property and personal care and welfare. Now, who can and who shouldn't have power of attorney? So you need to be over 18 years of age um, uh, to have them. And look, it's not to do with health. It's not to do with age because, I mean, I've had people have had strokes in their their 50s and 40s who have had to deal with. Um, One chap uh, didn't have EPA, so it was a whole court process. Mm -hmm. But everybody should have them. They cost a bit of money to establish but once they're done, you can forget about them or just, you know, every time you do your will, you sort of have another look or change in life. Yeah. Now, you fortunately sent me a list of about mm. 40 questions that I could ask you. Um, now, I'm, I'm a power of attorney for my mother, who yes. uh, unfortunately is in a, a home with pretty much full-blown dementia. Yes. Um, but I'm also a recipient in her, in her final will. Yes. Is, is that a good mix? Is that a good marriage there? Well... As an attorney, unless your uh, power of attorney for property says, you cannot benefit yourself. Mm -hmm. So during your mum's life, you have to put yourself in her shoes, given the circumstances, and make those decisions as though you were her. Yes. It's not a personal thing to make for your own benefit. So, yeah. Indeed. Okay, so let's just talk talk us through the process. So Mm. at the moment, we're we're of uh, sound mind. And mm. most people don't think about this sort of stuff until it probably is too late or possibly is too late. Mm. So when should we be thinking about it and, uh, and talk us through the process of actually setting it up? So um, essentially, um, generally when you come into owning assets or you're traveling, 
you want to appoint someone to look after your affairs and therefore what you should do is um, have a discussion about who you want and how these things work and then once you understand that make a decision as to who you want and how you want them to be put in place. Now these can be found on the internet, they're a, f a standard format, you delete things out, add things in. Um, but what is important is that you talk to somebody who has a bit of knowledge about how they work and the repercussions because like most DIY things, yes. sometimes they don't turn out <laughs> yes, quite the way you right. want. So um, there's things called trustee corporations here in New Zealand. There's three of them. There's your local lawyers. Um, and in part of my financial planning, I talk to people because it's about dynamics and families as well. Yeah. Yeah. What's the alternative to an EPA? So if you don't have an enduring power of attorney then um, and you happen to have an incident where you lose capacity and things may be joint, including the house, um, you can usually manage most things jointly, but there's things like your property, even though it's jointly owned, mm -hmm. if you need to sell that for some reason, the court wants to have all of the signatures from individuals. And of course for that you need... Uh, the enduring power of attorney or yep. a court appointment through the courts. Now, um, usually that's an application made to the court. It's usually a three-year appointment. You will report to the court every year as to what assets, how they've been dealt mm -hmm. with um, and how the care has been looked after personally. That's audited by public trust in the background for the courts and they provide report back. Now, if you happen to have lost capacity permanently or for a period past that three years, at three years you have to go back to the court and reapply. So that is somebody assessing your capacity, reconfirming that capacity to the court. It's the person representing you personally who's appointed by the court. It's the people applying to be the manager mm. plus the person or representing you to the court. And then the family court assesses all of that and makes the decisions on your behalf. Is that three years set in stone, three and three and three? Most it's three. Sometimes they'll appoint for five, mm -hmm. um, but definitely you're having to report in on an annual basis as to what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Sounds quite important, power of attorney. Yes. But um, what, are, what, what are the powers of someone who's got a t uh, the power of attorney? So, um, it, for example, there is a thing called a living will, which is, uh, I guess, the old pull the plug if you... Yeah, yes. Um, so personal care and welfare doesn't go there. Um, there is a thing called a living will that deals with that. I look at the personal care and welfare enduring power of attorney as making sure you're in the place that you would want to be, mm -hmm. that you do receive your, uh, your gin yep. or your beer. Yeah. You do get your <laughs> yes. paper, your slippers yep. are there, you're in a nice place and you're being looked after as best you can be. Sometimes the choices aren't that way. If you mm -hmm. lose capacity, you need yep. full-time care. But the property one... That tends to be about uh, where and how your finances are looked after, and there's a series of options in there. You can appoint attorneys, you know, one after the other. You can appoint them together jointly at the same time mm. for property, but also you can appoint them jointly and severally or severally. Now, that severally is important because that means they can act individually as well as together. Uh, when you're appointed more than one person severally. So the other one for property, like personal care and welfare, you know, if the first person cannot act, you can appoint a um, 
successive attorney or successor attorney to follow on, and mm. you can go. Th- usually, it's one or two successors. Yeah. Um, but you can mix and mingle it as much as you like. If you like to continue with gifting, birthdays, mm-hmm. anniversaries, all of that goes in there. Yeah. Donations to favourite charities. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to carry on a gifting program to a trust, for example, mm. um, and you can have a couple of um, enduring power of attorneys working together at the same time because you might have someone who knows your business really well and you know who will run it well. So they might be appointed to deal with your sole business assets mm. or investments, whereas you have another one appointed for your other financial aspects. Now, there's another couple of options in there as well, um, and that is you can require your attorneys to consult mm. with other people um, or to provide information to other people. You know, the worst thing you can do as attorney is sort of block everyone out yeah. because suspicion mm-hmm. falls yes. on you. Um, and if your family is lucky enough to be open, you know, it might be that one person that's dealing with it, but they share what's happening mm. and going yeah. on. Is yeah. there a code of ethics that's um, written into law, or is it just that you're relying on the morals of the person that you appoint to be your power of attorney? You do very much rely on the morals of the person, mm. but they're all subject to the law, and there are certain laws regarding agencies mm-hmm. and how you deal with people's assets Yes, um, and certain standards. Um so, for example, an attorney cannot benefit themselves. So they might get reimbursed for travel, for costs, but they don't get paid for doing that mm-hmm. work. Yep. They would have to step aside uh, in transactions that involve them mm-hmm. um, and let the and let somebody else become involved with that. Unless, for example, in your enduring power of attorney, you say that they can benefit themselves. So a couple's, for example, where they appoint each other... Yep. Um, typically what might happen is they might say, well, look, because everything's not joint, I still want my wife or partner or husband mm. to, to treat it as though it's their own and benefit themselves. So it's about the different circumstances. And some people's lives are more complicated than that. Yeah. So that's where sitting down with someone with a bit of knowledge and experience is important to get it right in some circumstances. In the main, are they pretty simple to set up? I mean, oh, it... look, you can pop onto a particular website, you can create them in Word, you mm. can choose the options, um, and yes, they're easy to set up, they're time-consuming. The more complex you make mm. them, the more conditions you put on it, the more work involved. Um, and look, once they're drafted up, um, they need to be disclosed, because it's a very important decision when you sign this, a powerful document. You might turn up at home and find the key doesn't work anymore. Yes. Somebody else is sitting at the table yeah. having dinner yeah. uh, because your attorney <laughs> yes. sold the house off, um, yeah. your wife or husband. Um, but, look, they're very powerful. So when they are, the word's not disclosed, but, you know, they're gone through with you to make sure you understand your options and repercussions at the time, and that's very important at the time, then that is usually signed off by a lawyer or a registered legal executive and there's a special certificate at the end that they state the various conditions and what they've dealt with. Now, capacity to make an enduring power of attorney is an interesting yes, scope as well. So when does that capacity cease to be enough to actually yeah. sign one up? Well, look, I've 
dealt with some things. I've, I've dealt with wills where the person could only blink, but with enduring powers of attorney, I view it like a cloud that comes down the front of your face. Mm-hmm. You know, you might have the cognitive ability to know now instantly what you're doing and what the repercussions are and the powers you're handing over, but then your lucidity means that in you know, two minutes' time, you can't remember that you've done that. And that is the capacity. And in those circumstances, one, you rely on your own ability when you're doing that for somebody in that role as a legal executive or a lawyer. But also you get the geriatrician or the GP at the time to be with you and understand what the person's condition was at the time. I guess most power of attorneys are handed on to, in the main, family members. But what say you um, handed your power of attorney over to, let's say, your wife or your husband or your partner, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it's all going honky drawing. It's, it's probably a bit like a will. You know, you put it in the bottom drawer and you forget about it. More. And what say um, that relationship then comes to an end, but you don't do anything about changing over the power of attorney, and then something happens to you? So... Basically, if that relationship ends and they, you no longer want them as your attorney, that attorney can refuse to act. Yeah, but what if I don't know about it? What's I get, I've uh, got them into both, and then you're then still on the list. You need to look at that person is still their attorney. I had one client in Wellington whose ex-wife ran the business for almost a year and a bit mm. uh, before the gentleman recovered. Mm-hmm. And luckily, he and his ex-wife were on good terms. Yes. Um, what if they any, weren't? Yeah. So basically, if somebody is not acting appropriately or shouldn't be there, you can go to the court and have the person investigated or looked at and possibly removed if they're doing things inappropriately. So it could be the person, your social worker, it could be your friend, it could be anybody can take that to the court to put it under review. Mm -hmm. And I've had a case of a nephew spending auntie's money building on his own property, uh, supposedly for auntie to come and stay. So what Um, happens in that situation? Does he then have to pay auntie back? Yes. Yeah. So who would you recommend that we appoint to be our power of attorney? Always a family member or what? So I come to you, I say, look, there's, look, key, do this. there's key things that operate um, in strong relationships. And it's the person that knows you the best mm-hmm. and the person who would act as though they are you in that circumstance. And they're two key things. And it is an onerous job. It's not easy. So you need someone who will have that ability and time to do that. Some people, for example, do appoint the trustee corporations to deal with the finances but report to and consult with people, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's all too much. So there's lots of ways they can be developed. We Again, we generally associate uh, enduring power of attorney to the end of the road. You know, one of us is going to crack off and it's not going to be one that's got the EPA, is it? But let's put another slant on it. Let's say I was a, a wealthy about and I decided I want to go and travel the world but I wanted Bruce to look after my interests in New Zealand when I'm gone. Could I appoint you as my EPA? Yes you can for property Mm -hmm. and it can be for a limited time. Mm -hmm. All of those conditions can apply so one of my clients might appoint me to look after their finances and it is an onerous position to to undertake and being a professional I would be looking to charge for my time if Mm -hmm. I was doing that. And again, what are your obligations if I, uh, because it's not like I'm leaving you with my the last of my money or my one house. What say it was a, a well-operated uh, business and uh, under your guidance it went down the gurgler. What would your, um, what would be the ramifications for you as the um, power of attorney? So long as I've dealt with it to the best of my abilities, mm-hmm. I've taken good advice. Um, you know, businesses don't go down the, the gurgler because one person stepped in. No. 
there can be times when uh, markets and such change. And, you know, if you were getting about the world, I would be on the phone yeah. to you. <laughs> yes. um, you know, um, yes. so in a lot of businesses transacted around the world like that as well. Yeah. So, yes. Is it a, a serious obligation? Should we look at it seriously or just think, oh, yeah, well, I'm, like I say, I'm, I'm mum's um, power of attorney and um, I really don't do much. You know, I just make sure that the, uh, the fees know, are paid at the rest home and uh, my sisters get hold of me and say, look, mum needs uh, this, this and this, so I send them the money, they buy it and that's the sum total of my It can be simple like yeah. that and that's what you really want. You know, somebody who will be able to look at things and pay for it and take account and to show others if that's what you want them to do, mm. that things are being managed. And, you know, it is the little things in life that make life comfortable. Mm. So somebody who can do those things. And you could have a regular amount held at the rest home. Yes. Or all of those things that can work and you monitor that account. But you could be taking financial advice from a professional financial advisor as well yes. to do with the portfolio because you are your mum and you're doing what your mum would do to invest the money. Are they easy to get out of? So we, we set up an EPA and we decide, hmm, that's not working. I've yes. decided I don't want to have Ken as my EPA anymore. I write to Ken and say, Ken, uh, you're no longer my property enduring power of attorney. Mm -hmm. I record that I've sent it. I might send you an email, yep. for example, as a record, and have you acknowledge that. Enduring powers of attorney these days, when they changed them last time, you could have it cancels all earlier enduring powers of attorney. Mm -hmm. um, so technically your attorney turns up and trumps the existing one that was there yes. and says, hey, it no longer applies, if you didn't want to upset the first person. Yeah. Okay. So it could be sitting there in the background ready to be activated. Yeah. Can it just be set up between you and me, or do we have to have it signed off by um, someone who is qualified like yourself or, yes. or a justice of the peace or take it to the courthouse? What, what's so, the legality um, there? The important thing is the drafting of it can be put together, but it's to do with you as the donor signing mm -hmm. and giving those powers. That's when you must have a lawyer or a registered legal executive go through the document yeah. with you, make sure you understand it, the ramifications. There is a certificate that is checked and signed off at the end in certain conditions, so you must have them disclose it. But all of the other attorneys, the people who act for you, could be anyone, could yes. be your neighbour, witnesses their signature. So an EPA isn't valid unless it's signed off? Um, by someone, someone like, like a notary. Now, in saying that, there are enduring powers of attorney that still exist that weren't subject to this regime. They mm. are still just as valid. Really? Yeah. All right, so, um, for instance, can an intellectual, uh, someone with an intellectual disability, can they sign up for an EPA? Now, that is where we would be looking to talk about their cognitive ability mm -hmm. to know what they're doing, to the powers they go, they're doing, and their ability to manage their finances. Now, uh, if they cannot, if the doctor says they cannot... Uh, then it's a case of being appointed court manager for the property or welfare uh, manager through the courts as well. So is an EPA is as important as a will? It is possibly more important wow. uh, because it affects you during your lifetime. And remember the chap who was out of it for a mm. while and then came back yes. and his ex-wife had been running the business successfully for him. It worked out for him to have left it the way it was. Whereas if he didn't, it could have been anybody who turned up. So when does an EPA cease to apply? 
So an enduring power of attorney will cease to apply once you've cancelled it Mm -hmm. and notified the attorney, or if you die. So basically, once you die, everything stops. And that's when your uh, will takes effect. So that your executors and trustees who you appoint there will take over once they have the court's approval through probate. All right, Bruce, just about out of time. So just one reason, we, we want to come for some advice on not only setting up an enduring power of attorney, uh, but wills. We want financial advice about any other matter. Mm. How do we do that? Look, uh, Stuart Group is based here in the Hawke's Bay. We have clients around uh, the country, indeed internationally. Um, you can contact us through the 0800 number or through the website. We're available, and as you can see, financial planning is big and broad. Mm-hmm. And my ability to provide advice per my disclosure statement lets me do that. And sometimes I will give people an opinion or a sounding board, which can be very helpful.